Episode 7, let's go. I can't believe we're at episode 7 already of the Football Fun Factory podcast. We're incredibly grateful for your support so far and really hope you're enjoying listening or watching to our podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about children playing up or down in age groups. This is something that's seen as a great development tool in professional football academies as a way of offering different physical challenges to the children within them. When a child is particularly small for their age, of course there would be benefits of playing down with children of a similar size to have more opportunity in a technical sense. And when a young child is very big for their age, the opportunity to play up again will challenge the child playing against kids of a similar physical maturation. I've seen this firsthand working in professional football and although making perfect sense to us as adults, it can be very different for the child in question. They, of course, don't understand the rationale behind it and the challenge of playing up or down can be too much psychologically for them. Of course, this doesn't just happen in professional football. There's thousands of kids playing in grassroots football playing up but against the rules to play down is this something that needs to be addressed to help them in their development or is it just a load of nonsense and all the kids should just play in their own age groups it's defo an interesting one and i can't wait to get the thoughts of james and johnny james defo. what are your thoughts on this james my thoughts are that uh, I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's really difficult for children. <laughs> I'm absolutely buzzing. <laughs> it's difficult for children, defo, um, to understand, isn't it? I, I um, took an academy team where we where we then dropped a child down an age group, and it's such a kick in the teeth for yeah. a child. I think it's a really difficult message to get across. All comes down to education, I guess. What I was toying with as you we were talking was um, whether Actually, it's possible for a child, obviously we know how hard it is to get through an academy anyway to become a professional footballer, but if it's possible to then drop down an age group, the argument is, yeah, actually it could be a small technical player and actually they really benefit from that for six months and then they go on to really excel because of that and all those things. But the likelihood is that it probably won't because they probably need to be the best player in their own age group to actually exceed. So, yeah, I'm not too sure really how I feel. I think I've got mixed feelings. John, what are you thinking? I'm all for it. Oh, okay. 100%. Yeah, I think it's really good. I think the you get low. I'm all about variety with, with my coaching. I think that's what children need in their journey, not only as, as young footballers and, and young players, but also as young people. And I think variety is the, is it the spice of life. Is that spice the spice of life. There yeah, go. very good. Um, so I think, yeah, I think children playing up and down age groups, getting different um, sort of challenges, getting loads of success so even if you are sort of a top performer within your own age group going down and then suddenly like getting loads and loads of success I think it's good and just keep mixing up and as long as there's thought and a plan behind it but yeah I'm all for it great stuff okay let's put the subject on trial I've got a judge's outfit on you've guessed it we're back to Chaddy's Court we're going to put whether children should play up or down in youth football on trial I've got two contrasting views here. One for Johnny, one for James. Thanks, And mate. they are going to argue in the court their point. Johnny, do you want to read out your um, point? 
Yes. So to support the development of young players, coaches should be able to decide whether a child plays up or down an age group. There are many benefits to this and more professional footballers will develop through this method. Thank you very much. James? Children should play strictly within their own age group to avoid an unfair advantage to either side. Allowing children to play up or down ruins the game for both grassroots football and the academy level. Very passionate. Absolutely. Okay, Johnny, I'm going to ask you to deliver an opening statement. James, you're going to have the opportunity to question Johnny on his statement. Obviously, youth football is all about development, trying to develop these children to, to grow as individuals, to grow as footballers and improve their skills. Um, and I think the variety that you get from children playing up and down is, is really key to help their development. As I mentioned earlier on, um, in my sort of previous, when we were talking previously, I mentioned around um, a child that is maybe a defender. They are really successful in their age group that they play within. Um, When they play further forward, they struggle a little bit. So actually moving them down an age group and letting them play up front in the age group below where they might then get some success, they'll start to develop these different skills and and have a completely different experience. So I think for me, variety is key in youth development, uh, both as people and as players. And I think playing up and down age groups and having fluidity uh, through that is key. Strong, strong start. James, very, do you want to open a question him? Yeah, very strong start. I agree with elements of his statement um, in that, that there's some real benefits to children playing up and down. I think there's there's um, definite advantages. I think there's also a number of drawbacks just in terms of that's reliant on the coach. So I think that, as we've discussed before in previous podcasts, there's, there's a number of different challenges around different coaches and parents and how they react to certain things. And I think there's... A real challenge then were around if there's a coach that's particularly focused on winning, that was one of the topics we talked about recently, then actually playing a a child um, down an age group to then go and win a game, or a parent getting particularly upset because they don't quite understand the situation of why their child's playing down an age group if if we're doing that for, for technical reasons. So I think there's a number of challenges where... Yes, it could well be that, that there's some advantage, but I think there's a few disadvantages to it as well. How do you feel about the how the coach or parents could impact? That? I think thing comes down to communication. I think if and probably forward planning. Um, so I think if you communicate with parents, keep them fully in the loop, explain to them that's your ethos, that's your philosophy, the start of the season and, and the reasons behind moving children up and down. And I think forward planning. So what I used to do when I was taking a team in academy football, is you just have a, a chart and for each player would rank how, how they found that game. Um, and if they'd had loads of green games, as we called it at the time, loads of easy games where they were finding it too easy, what we then do is plan in for the next six-week block where they then go and play up an age group and have some more physical challenges or some more technical challenges. So I think as long as there is thought behind it, there is forward planning and open communication, then I, I think you overcome any of those challenges. Just, just on that, obviously, your experience within academy football, stepping away from academy football into grassroots football, is this something that can happen because of the the age groups, how they are separated. I know a child can play up in grassroots football, but are they allowed to play down because of the rules in place by the by the various leagues? Good question, Luke. Thanks very much. Thank you. Really appreciate your support. I'm not actually 100% sure within grassroots football if you're no. allowed to play down. I think from your opening statement, you alluded to the fact that 
They're not allowed to play down age group. If anyone's listening in can provide clarity on that, that'd be much appreciated. I'll definitely get on Google after this. But if it's not, it absolutely should be, in my opinion, because I think it's... But then with so I that, think that's a real challenge. That, yeah. that would be a huge challenge in terms of you talking about the coaches that want to win games and you'd play a whole team. I think, I think where you... Yeah, but then there's, there's surely rules around that. So if it were... Once again, I think it comes down to forward planning. So I think if it's right for this six-week block... We'd, and you're only allowed to do a certain number of children potentially that go up and down an age group. Um, so I yeah. think so. My my real challenge with this, and and my big sort of big question would be: sounds like as an academy coach, as a professional football coach, it's your profession. You totally understand the development needs of all of the children that you're coaching. It sounds like you had a really meticulous way of doing it and a brilliant way of educating the parents to get the best possible outcome. I think that probably you get the best possible outcome 90% of the time because I, I no doubt there would still be some parents that then still was like, why is my child playing down an age group? You've educated them, you've told them, you've explained the reasons why. Yep. I have no doubt. I don't even need to ask the no, question yeah, yes yeah. or no. No doubt that sometimes the parents were like, still didn't get it. Um, and... There's part of me that probably understands that a little bit because put yourself in the shoes of that parent and that child as well. Um, and then in addition to that, you're taking then a professional football coach and you're scaling that right back to a parent volunteer, may have football coaching qualifications, may not, may have experience, may not. Then we're opening that up to the masses. I think that's where it becomes a real problem. What do you think, John? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I- I guess it's, Give quite, medal, Luke. It's, it's quite hard for me to almost put myself in that mindset because the throughout my journey, my coaching journey, the there was so much thought and plan that went into that. Obviously, working at a professional football club, we'd have all day gearing up to the session in the evening. We'd do a lot on PMA. We'd do a lot of planning and, and a lot of sort of forecasting and stuff like that to, to put in place the best plan and the best development for each individual child. So I get it. With a coach that is also works at a bank, quickly leaves the, the bank to get to the session in the evening. Uh, they've got a tough fixture on the weekend. Can I chuck them down an age group? And I guess the, the way to try and caveat that would be that like forward planning, like I mentioned, and maybe they've got to submit something for, for six weeks in advance. So what maybe- are you trying to say people that work in a bank are only interested in winning <laughs> the, the game at the weekend? <laughs> you can't have other professions. Um, yeah, good Good challenge, but I think still the, the benefits of, of moving children up and down age groups to help their development is uh, definitely more, more benefits than negatives. Fantastic. Great stuff, Johnny. James, opening statement? Yes, my, my just to remind us, um, children's place strictly within their own age group to avoid an unfair advantage. So it kind of comes back to the, the point that we're talking about. Um, you wouldn't put a child in year two at school... To support their development, Would you hold know? them back a year, unless it was absolutely necessary. So that happens on a very, on a tiny, tiny scale with a very small number of children because it's significantly damaging to them psychologically. Like they can have a real challenge with that. So to hold them back a year at school would be a real challenge. And this is no different, really, because it's it's saying the same thing. It's the same message to a child. What we're saying to a child is, you're not good enough this age group that's essentially what we're saying you're not good enough to play within your own age group and therefore you have to then go and play for the younger age group Luke when you were a professional footballer was there a time when you 
had an example of either you or another player in the team that had to go and play with the probably reserves at that time rather than 23s. But did you ever see that or had to go and train with the reserves or 23s? So effectively the manager was saying to the, the someone, you're not good enough. Did that happen to any of the players that you played with? Yeah, me on a, <laughs> a daily basis. I think that's what you're trying to get out. <laughs> Not specifically you, I'm not digging you out. No, but. I think it's... Yeah, obviously that did happen and people would be annoyed if they were with the first team, then yeah. they went with the reserves. I think what the sort of point of this is, the reason would be for physical reasons, probably more than anything else in my experience of this, where yeah. obviously when you're at a professional football club, if you're playing, you're happy. If you're not yeah. playing in reserves, you're not happy and it would affect your confidence. Yeah. But I think this is very different, so I'm going to... Detract that question from today's okay. proceedings. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna finish over two quick two I've quick got questions. I've got a question. I've got a question. Finish my statement. I've got a question. Johnny, <laughs> let him finish. So let him finish. Two quick things then. One, the coach that plays a child up to win the game, down, sorry, to win the game. Problem, real problem. And we know from kind of the grassroots game, there's some brilliant volunteers. We also know there's some people that are desperate to win their under sevens fixture at the weekend. So that's a real problem. And then two, problem of child feeling really, really negative about being asked to play down and also possibly parental confrontation and needless kind of discussions around that. Whereas if they just had to strictly play within their age groups, all of those things would be avoided. Fantastic. Oh, Thanks, Luke. <laughs> um, just linking it back into what you said about holding a child back a year. Obviously... Yeah. That doesn't happen loads in schools. There may be a few occasions where that needs to happen and, and is sort of, once again, for the best interest in that, that child's development. I think what does happen in schools a lot, our children are given different levels of difficulty within their work. And I, mm -hmm. that's what I see moving children up and down in, in age groups as the same as where they struggle at this subject they struggle at uh, doing this at the moment they're going through a tough period so actually they need to experience some success or they need to find an appropriate challenge to their level of ability at the time i don't think it's necessarily play down for the whole year that's what you set as that's what you're going to do all season i think there needs to be fluidity between but i guess just linking back into what you said if it were fluid and children could move up and down would you not then see similar to what they do in schools that the coach, the teacher is finding an appropriate challenge for them at that time. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I understand the point. I think that doing that, but also what they're doing in the, in the school then is staying part of that environment. So I think the difference is that actually being moved out of one team, effectively age group into another team is psychologically potentially damaging for the child. Whereas what they, what they do is the more gentle approach and actually saying, here's your work. And it may be that the child doesn't actually know or doesn't understand that actually the child over there is doing something completely different. So they're tailoring the approach to it, but they're looking after the child psychologically. So I think that the school example is, um, is kind of a good one. Nice. All done? Yeah. Anyone got anything else to say before I make my decision? Nope, happy with my uh, points. But I am going to make a decision here that I think might shock a few people. And I'm going to give the medal to James. The reason, the rationale Shambles. behind that is... Objection. Because it's got to be all for one. It's got to be all or nothing, hasn't it? And I think with the particularly the, the vast majority of children play grassroots football. And I think it has to be, for your argument to win, 
children have to be allowed to play down in that for physical reasons. But I don't think that would ever be possible to police. So, James? Wonderful. Thank you, Luke. Congratulations. Cheers. Interesting stuff, guys. So let's have a more serious conversation about children playing up or down. Johnny, you were very passionate. It looked like you believed your statement. Is it something that you um, that you believe in strongly? Yeah, I do. Uh, that's for the first time ever, I think, in the, the chatty school, I actually got a statement that I do genuinely believe. So I think, obviously, there are challenges around it. And probably just to almost caveat myself and, and challenge myself is... When I was in academy football, there was one child that really struggled with um, sort of the emotional side of things when they moved down in age groups. They didn't enjoy it. They, they lost their sort of enjoyment for it. They, they were such uh, a ball of energy in, in how they were. And then when they went down an age group, they actually saw it as almost like a punishment. Obviously, tried to then spend time explaining it to the child, explain to the parents, but still sort of didn't get through to them and they couldn't oversee the fact that they'd been moved down an age group and others within their, their age group haven't. So what we then try to do is put in place some easier fixtures for them at times and give them success in other ways. I appreciate that isn't always possible for grassroots clubs to do that. So I do see the challenges with it and, and quite rightly some of the points that you raised in your argument, JC, I think there are potential challenges with it. But for me, I think it, it just has to be done for the for the getting the best out of that child and best for their development. I get that completely. The reason why you're wearing the Premier League winner's medal now, I've seen it done loads and loads of times working with in within an academy, and I've probably seen it not work successfully more than I've seen it work successfully. I think that ages where it happens are real times of psychological change within a child when they're going through their growth spurt, it's usually the 12, 13, 14, where some children are incredibly developed, they might play up, others are underdeveloped and they might play down. Um, both ways, it's not been successful. It's been where the the more physically mature child will play up, not get the success and lose a lot of confidence where they had a huge amount of confidence, getting loads of success in their own age group. And for the less physical, physically matured playing down, it's just like you said at the start, a bit of kick, a bit of a kick in the teeth, and I understand the reasoning mm-hmm. completely. But I think the psychological outcomes are so much more important than physical outcomes, and I think that's where we get mixed up a little bit, and it doesn't always bear fruit, or in my experience, hasn't bear fruit doing that. Yeah, you know, when I think back to when I first heard the topic of the podcast today, I thought back to a particular child in a, a team that I coached. I actually had uh, probably only, I think, two seasons where I coached them in the academy because in my coaching journey, I actually decided to step back into the kind of mass participation programs. I really enjoyed coaching a group of 10 or 12 children, but actually the opportunity to coach thousands of children or oversee a program that coached thousands of children really pushed my buttons and and um, sort of reluctantly stepped away from academy football. But I, I remember one particular child who was continually playing with the younger age group and this was actually I think it was like an under 10s age group and it's dropped into the under nines and at that time it was then released at the end of that season so my my kind of experiences with this might be very kind of niche just because I'm thinking about a particular example and there may be lots of examples of children that have played for the under 13s but they're actually in under 14 and they've gone on to do really well I just think that if you're going to come through an academy 
you probably need to be the best under 14 because <laughs> actually you still got to be the best under 15, 16, still got to get a scholarship, still got to sign a pro, still got to actually get into the first team. Such a journey to go on. So if you're playing down an age group, I'd go as far as to say there's basically no chance. However, I'd throw that out to you two because you spent a lot more years. Are there any examples of players that have done that and then gone on to do really well? Yeah, I think the challenge to that would be sort of the physicality of it. So yeah. when you're uh, under 11 and everyone, or an under 12 and everyone of your teammates is an absolute crone like anything and you just can't get any can't sort compete. of impact, yeah. you can't compete. So I say players like that that come through that, whether they play down or not, still would have an opportunity. Probably the only player that I can think of would be my son, Lewis, who's a little bit different because he's a goalkeeper and probably played down because his own age group had a goalkeeper that usually played and he played for the year below probably for about three, four seasons before then stepping up and he's still at the club now playing. But I think it is a little bit different yeah. within that position as a goalkeeper yeah. where you're sort of dependent on if there is a goalkeeper, if there isn't a goalkeeper. Unfortunately for him, every team needed a goalkeeper, so he got that sort of exposure and got to play. I don't know what what your thoughts are on that, John. Yeah, so from my experience, when I've done it previously, it wasn't just for physical reasons. So there were, like, different challenges that we tried to set, like, obviously, the different children, and sometimes... So there's one lad that was athletic, as, as you like. He was super quick. He would get loads of success in his own age group, with his right foot, so he'd get the ball, tap it past someone, smash it, smash it in, and they'd do it six, seven times in a game. So we actually played him down an age group and set him this sort of same challenge. So he still then got the physical success, if not more, so he could run past what, what people. What age was he, John? Uh, this would have been under 10s, under 11s. So he was then playing down an age group, but then we set him the challenge of using his left foot, and then he got loads of repetition in a game scenario of that. So actually it was more of a technical challenge that sort of the, the reasoning behind moving him down in that age group. And I think there are other examples of children where we've actually played them up two years or put them with that team for a psychological boost that they need at the time. So I, I, like, I get what you're saying. And I think if you generalise it, then I, I can agree and sort of understand and appreciate. But I think for me, when there's thought behind every decision then I, I do think there are benefits to that. And I have seen children play down in an under eight, uh, sorry, in under 14s into the 13s and then go on and, and play at a really, really high standard. Obviously, whether they go on and make it pro or not, I think is, is so hard anyway, because no one does. Yeah, I think the question for that, do you think that coach, like you taught there, that that was your opinion, obviously a highly qualified, gifted coach, but that was what you wanted them to do. But there's something that doesn't, sit right with me in the fact that the the lad that played down to practice left foot, you've taken him from having loads of success, loving his football. Would it not make more sense? Just do you think us as coaches can try and do too much and mess about too much when the kids are absolutely flying? Let him do that. Let him keep flying. So that so that part of that strategy was behind getting him confident enough to use his left foot because he still got the same physical because he was so quick. He still got the same level of success so he could have played in his own age group played on the left but he never would have then had the confidence because he had that extra yard because he was obviously a little bit more developed a little bit quicker than everyone else when he played down an age group it gave him that 
second or two extra to then be confident enough to use his left foot. And this was for one or two weeks for certain games. And then we'd put him back in his own age group. Then when he went in his own age group, he'd had that success, had the self-belief that he could do it. And then in that instance, put him on the left in his own age group and then had the same sort of level of success. And it never took away from, I don't think, his enjoyment. And actually he probably gained, grew in confidence and in, in Gain more enjoyment out of then having that self-belief in himself that he didn't have. I'm just thinking now about the grassroots game and how varied it is in comparison and how much of a benefit that is to all of the children. So we talk a lot about managing difference in coaching. It's a, it's a common topic. We talk about, you know, pairing the smaller child with the bigger child, the faster child with the not-so-quick um, yeah. individual and whatnot. And that happens a lot naturally within grassroots football. You turn up on a, on a weekend... You've no idea who you're playing, really. Mm-hmm. Like, and and you play this team. It's just another group of kids of the same age group. Some are big, some are small, some are quick, some are not. Some are uh, talented, some are less talented. Naturally, it gives all of the children loads of different um, kind of balanced yeah, view, yeah. opportunities to experience different things, experience success, experience a real challenge. If there's a good defender, we just can't get past him. And then the next week, it's different and different again. You don't really get that in academy football because... Well, you do, but it's, it's, it's a lot tighter, isn't it? Because every child is super talented. Every yeah. child is, like, is, has been selected to be part of that programme. Sorry. I think on that, like you say, it's different every week, but it's probably exactly the same for that little dot that still hasn't grown or anything like that. But probably mm. it's the exact same game every week for them in terms of because of the different sort of physical maturation of the children. Yeah. And I know that's the... The rationale of doing it in academy football, but it's I don't know that like in my mind I'm really split on this mm. because although working in academy football, I didn't see great benefits from doing it in terms of unless the, ch- the child was completely bought into it, they would suffer consequences because of that by playing up or down within an age group. Yeah, it's just balancing the psychological impact. Because you could sit here all day with someone and you could say, look, look, I think you're a great player. I think you've got a real opportunity to come on become a pro. At the weekend, you're going to play for the under-14s. I know you're an under-15, but we want you to go in there because we really believe that that's going to be the best thing. In the back of my mind, if I'm that under-15 player, I'm thinking, you put me down in age group. It doesn't matter what you say to me. Yeah, I'm thinking, I need to be the best of the best of the best in this team to be able to get out the other end of it because I know how, how little chance there is. So I just think it's so tough. Yes, I think I agree that I've seen that firsthand. I think you just need to try and normalise it. So what we tried to do when I was foundation phase is is mix the age groups quite a lot. So every Saturday we would do like bio-banding games internally and we would mix like loads of different age groups up. We'd play them all together. So actually what we tried to do within the foundation phase at the time, which was obviously from under nines through to twelves, like we'd try and create this buzz that, and there were relationships and we had like a buddy system. So there was like a, an under 12 was a buddy with an under eight and they would then have a relationship. So it just created this like whole team feel. So is that the answer? Is that the, the opportunity to do that more so and there's less psychological impact in training environments? So think of a grassroots club. There's an opportunity to do that, isn't there? So if everyone fills a wreck on a Saturday morning because everyone's training because we play the games on the Sunday or vice versa or whatever it might be, then actually... Chucking all the eights, nines, tens, elevens in together and mixing them all up, or whatever it might be, then, then to give them those kind of experiences we're talking about, 
if you're in training and you're playing up or down, it doesn't really bother you. Whereas if that's the game at the weekend, there's a there's a psychological challenge to overcome. No, I, I think that is it. Like what you say there it was brilliant. What you've done there in terms of getting that them outcomes that way, I think it is more the fixtures where it becomes a challenge, particularly when they're going back to their peers and saying, yeah. "I'm not playing with you this week. I'm playing with a younger age group." And it, it is really hard as a child to do that. I think in grassroots football. It's different, isn't it? It's it's very social. It's about playing football with your mates, enjoying yourself. Where if you told a under fourteen lad that he was playing down in the under thirteens, he probably just wouldn't want to play football a lot of the time because the reason he plays is a lot of the time very different that that children play within academies. Yeah. So to sum up, then let's each give our what we would do if we were creating the rules because I think it'd be really interesting. I think there's a chance it might be even three different opinions, John. Uh, so I would be all for it. I think probably in the, some of the conversations and things that have come up from today, I'd probably try and put in some parameters around it. So forward planning. So maybe you've got to try and submit stuff ahead of time. So you can't just necessarily look at the fixtures and then work out, uh, oh yeah, this is going to be a tricky game. So I want to do this. Um, and I think probably limit the amount of children that can play up and down to once again stop the fact that then suddenly all the, the strongest from the age group above and maybe do something around the the time of year they're born and, and that then might even then restrict, obviously, you might have a September birthday and then they can't play down or, or something like that. So I'm all for it. There probably just needs to be a bit of thought behind how we can make it work in grassroots football because I think I've seen it in academy football and I've seen it work really well. Yeah, I'd agree with all that. I think it, from from my point of view, it needs to be more child-led than adult-led, sort of talking to them about it, understanding. And if it's if it's not something that they're dead set against that they don't want to do, I don't think, if you don't want to do something, it's more or less impossible to gain development from it. So I think the, the child has to fully buy into to what they're being asked to do. So that's all I'd add to to what John has said. Yeah, as a development of that, I would say that I would, in that scenario, give the ultimate decision to the pl- the child and the parent. So I would, I would present the case. We'd like to do this for this reason. Here's the reasons why. Explain it. Educate them. But we're going to give the ultimate decision to you. If you'd like to stay within your age group, then we can do that. And if you'd like to drop an age group for the weekend to gain these benefits that we think you can, you can do that too. And then ultimately kind of giving the, the child the ultimate decision. Fantastic. Great chat, lads. Enjoyed that today. It was great. We'll finish off with viewers' questions. Listeners' yeah. questions. Yeah. Listeners' questions. Always say viewers, listeners' yeah. questions. Come on then. Let's go. Okay, two quick questions to end the episode this week. First one, I run an under-11s team in my spare time. The kids seem to get bored halfway through our training and start messing around. Any ways to stop this happening? Head of delivery at the Football Fun Factory, Johnny Martin will absolutely answer this question. Uh, quick fire games, so play shorter sort of challenges and games that you do with the kids, keep the session moving. At the Football Fun Factory, we go uh, arrival matches, session for 10, 15 minutes, game for 10, 15 minutes, session for 10, 15 minutes, and then back into a game for the last 10, 15 minutes. So I think it's keep it fast paced, keep changing the 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 games that you're playing and try and make sure they're challenging the children because half the time they'll get bored is because they're, they're not being challenged. So keep mixing up, keep challenging the children. Quick for our answer as well. Love that, Johnny. And James, if you didn't create the FFF, what would you be doing today? Oh, 
Can't give a quick fire answer on that. I've absolutely no <laughs> idea. I, I'd, I'd be involved in football in some capacity, I think, because I just love the game. So it's my passion. So I'd find a, a way to be involved in football. Exactly what that looks like. Not not too sure. Maybe a professional footballer. You've certainly yeah. got the ability. Absolutely. When you sat there today with a Premier League winner's medal around well, your neck as well. So yeah. fantastic. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you for watching. We will see you really soon.